Yes! Welcome to Love and Brief live at Capcom 2020. All right, you ready for the usual stuff? Welcome to Love in Brief, a very brief ABDL podcast focused on issues of love, love for self, love for others, love for community, love for friendship, love for puppers, and love for Capcom. Just, you know, conventions and conventions and conventions full of love. I am Road Not Taken. And I am Resident Yes, and we are thrilled to be here live at Capcom 2020, the 10th anniversary of Capcom. How's the con been so far? I totally agree. A huge, huge thank you to the organizers who put on such an amazing convention, to the sponsors, to everybody who has worked so hard to get us to this moment, and even allowed us to come back and do this again this year. Um, I want to introduce you to our panel for our live show. These are uh, mostly folks that you've heard on the podcast and some folks that you're going to hear on the podcast coming up very soon. And we will start with our good friend, Dr. Rhoda. Welcome to Love and Breathe. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm having a great weekend. I, I love coming to these, these conventions. It's just, I think the best, what I love the best, and I, I often try and get some of the people I work with to come, and you know, they're like, oh, I don't know. And, and I, I really urge them to come because the thing I love the best is that it is days of everybody walking around so happy so at ease, so completely being able to just be yourself for a few days and let all of that stuff go that you normally have to carry around. And it's so amazingly beautiful. I'm going to try not to cry because it just, and I don't cry often, but it just makes me want to cry because I'm like, I'm just so happy. It makes me just filled with joy. So you, you, you all look so beautiful and happy. I love it. And I want to introduce you, thank you, Dr. Rhoda, to some other folks that you might know from our podcast. Hi, uh, I'm Caleb. I go by Hedonist Determinist online. Uh, that was amazing, uh, Dr. Rhoda. Thank you. And I would have to say, I'd just like to affirm what you said. Absolutely. This is, a, as a hedonist, a, a great, great opportunity to get uh, all of those things that you're really missing in your day-to-day -day life. Uh, that we wish could be a reality for, on, for some of us on a daily basis uh, and experience it at least for a short time. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Hello, I'm uh, previously Stony Little Fox. I changed my username to Sleepy Little Calf a little bit ago. Um, and if you listen to Love and Brief a lot, you are probably sick of hearing me. <laughs> I guess it's just an ability to not think of ABDL as even bizarre for a little bit. Like there was a point yesterday when I'm running around in just a t-shirt and diaper and I went out in the lobby and it's sort of like you have a moment of panic. It's almost like the dream you're like, did I forget to wear pants today to, you know, to the convention? <laughs> you know, I had that like moment and then being able to brush that off, just that general feeling of like, you know what, you don't need to worry about anything. Just have a good time and you know, make some friends. That's, that's the best part, I think. Awesome, thank you. And a couple of brand new, new, new voices to you that we get to introduce. I wonder if you all would introduce yourselves and talk about, about your love. Okay, I am Mommy Peach. 
Um, we are known as Mario Fan 64 and Mommy on FetLife, if any of you guys follow us. Um, this is this experience so far, to just today and yesterday, you know, just all of the experiences, getting to meet all of you, getting to know you, put a face with a name, and just being able to completely immerse ourselves in a world where there's no judgment, there is complete acceptance, everyone is who they truly are, and you're accepted for that. And I dream that it could be that way out in the real world. Unfortunately, we're not there yet, but if we continue with things like this and we continue to educate, we'll get there. So I, I just think that this experience, um, you know, it, it allows that. And it's, it's beautiful and it is very emotional. Like she was saying, it's really hard not to cry when you think about it because this is what we all dream to have. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me as a caregiver, I wish and pray and hope that, that that may someday be. But even if it doesn't, we will always have our community. And that alone is enough. So. Thank you. I'm Mario Fan. Uh, 64 on Pet Life, and this is my mommy, obviously. <laughs> um, this is my first year at Capcom. I've known about it for 10 years. Uh, super repressed over this lifestyle throughout the years, and uh, I met my mommy two and a half years ago, going on now, and the the fellowship that I've garnered from Pet Life and the outpouring of support and the people who have come forth and actually wanted to start a dialogue with us has been, I mean, unbelievable here. And the, the personalities and the acceptance in this room and this whole hotel this entire week and weekend has been absolutely unbelievable. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a single thing. I'm, I'm so happy with what you guys offer. And thank you. Thank you. So one of the big focus areas we really wanted to lean into this year was lots of experiences. We wanted to talk to people with all sorts of different backgrounds, different gender identities. We wanted to talk to people with different types of relationships, differences in ability, differences in location. And um, that was one of the, the proudest points for us as people who make the podcast this year was that we were able to do a lot of that. So my hope is uh, there, we actually represent a number of different... I know we look like a bag of marshmallows up here. Actually, we do represent quite a diverse set of experiences on this stage, um, and our listenership really does represent quite a lot of diverse experiences. So I'm hoping we have some expertise up here to tackle the questions that you're going to bring to us. And if not, we'll, we'll ask the wisdom of the crowd. How about that? Okay. Uh, you guys want to get started? Is there any... Yeah! Any brave soul in this room that would like to be the first to ask a question about relationships, love, and ABDL? Please, come on up to the mic, get nice and close, and we want to hear from you. Hey, Daddy from a girlfriend. Uh, he, him. A um, couple of questions. Um, one's a fun one, I think. <laughs> I mean, I want you to address uh, the awkward introductions when you meet people. I mean, I've had some hilariously embarrassing stories. I've told you a couple already. <laughs> um, so addressing that awkward conversation when you first meet someone and you can't ask what they do for a living, and it's awkward to ask where they come from. So what do you say other than the big hug and then that awkward silence that's really you know, difficult for most people? I mean, I'm quite a confident person, but I still find it difficult. 
That is an excellent question. I have absolutely no idea. I also would like to know. So I had that um, experience last year, or especially when you see someone online, you know, like follow them for years, but and you want to say hi, but you really don't know them yet, so you don't really have a whole lot to talk about. Um, yeah, it's awkward. So this year, I brought a bunch of stickers of my favorite Sesame Street character. So at least instead of going up and being like, hi, and running away, I can go up and be like, here's a sticker, and run away. <laughs> so that is as far as I've come in far of, as far as overcoming that awkward gap, but uh, if anyone has any other more helpful. For me, I, and, and I feel a lot of us feel the same way on this. To be honest, all of us are in, we're here for a reason. We all have a commonality. We all have a bond that even though it may not be formed yet, it can be formed. So just step out of your comfort zone, walk up, introduce yourself. And everybody here has gone through the realization of why you're in this lifestyle and in this community. And every one of us, you know, have something different to, uh, to shed light on and, you know, all of us, but step outside your comfort zone. Just go up and say hello and you're not going to regret it because the connections that you make by doing that could possibly change your life and change, you know, what you view in this community as a beautiful thing. And if you don't, you're always going to wish you did. So, I mean, you just got to overstep that. It, it may be uncomfortable, but it's also uncomfortable to be in this world alone in this lifestyle. So do it. Just, just step over it and, and get brave. I mean, we've all been brave enough to come here. So, I mean, reach out. It, I guarantee you there's not a person here that's going to push you away, turn you down, or act like you're crazy for coming to say hello. If anything, they're going to embrace the fact that they were wanting to meet you as well. They just didn't know it. I did think of one thing to say. There is one thing that I do if there's someone that I want to meet and I'm, like, too nervous and kind of scoping out the situation. Um, if I notice that someone that I know or someone that I even kind of know knows them, I'll be like, please introduce me. Because <laughs> the second you get, to get introduced by someone who is like already a credible person, they're like, oh, that person's probably okay. And then it's easier because you feel like that person already has the like base confidence that you're not bananas. Like, and then they can just talk, and then it makes it easier for me. Anyway, I don't think you have any problem meeting people. <laughs> No, I was. So I got to meet Mommy Peach and, and Mario yesterday, and I was as easy as saying, man, that jacket you were wearing is banging. Yeah. That was all I said, because I really, I saw this amazing couple, and I wanted to get to know them, and it was like, man, that jacket you're wearing is banging. And then that was it, right? We were off to the races. Because I think you're right. I think we, especially in a situation like this, we want to get to know each other, but we're both, we're both looking across the, the room going, how do I get that going? And we're both nervous, right? So that, for us, that was enough, and now here you are on the panel. I'll uh, yes and on that by saying that, yeah, we are in a situation where um, we all uh, essentially have a very fundamental and important commonality going into any new conversation. And uh, certainly once, it's, once you even find, I mean, even a trivial thing to connect on, I mean, it's easy to start a conversation with these people. And I, my, I recommend certainly somebody on the spectrum looking for just a simple thing to say, hey, I, I noticed this about you, uh, you know, or hey, what, what do you uh, like to do for fun? What's your hobbies? S simple things, open-ended questions are really easy ways for me to uh, engage without having to lead the conversation, and that works well for me. Yeah, I, I hope that, I always hope when we have these interactions that the, the, the obvious thing to talk about 
is ABDL. And I always hope that like we don't always start with that because yeah. that can be really awkward. We've talked about this Absolutely. on the podcast before that you don't want to start with something you wouldn't say more casually at a cocktail party. So kudos to everybody at this con because I have yet to have one conversation this entire time where somebody's like, hey, wet, messy, or both, resident, yes? <laughs> Which I really appreciate. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there goes my question. <laughs> All right, that was number one. Yeah, number two number was two. linked. I just wanted to ask you what was the most embarrassing and awkward but also funniest moment of meeting somebody Oh, good. <laughs> I was... Yeah, go for it. I, we, we were on the elevator, and uh, it was cram-packed, as I'm sure many of you are used to by now. And uh, someone said, well, it's, it's awkward in here. And I said, well, you can rest assured we all have at least one thing in common. And that kind of lightened the mood a little bit, and it was um, surreal to be surrounded by people who, you know, you feel awkward, but I, I've met so many people that are uh, an integral part of our friendship chain now on this. I mean, I've, I've spent my whole life trying to make meaningful friends, people I can trust, and, you know, people that will actually be there for you. And uh, I can tell you right now, it's a lot easier to meet those kind of people yep. in this lifestyle yep. than it is out there in society. You only have... Yeah. 75 years, 75 summers, springs and winters, if you're lucky. If you're lucky, live it. Because tomorrow isn't guaranteed, and I'm so glad that I met some of the people I've met here uh, because I stepped outside of my comfort zone. And uh, it was embarrassing for me to go up to random people, and because I'm not, I mean, I'm a social butterfly, but, you know, get over it and do it because you're not going to regret it. So the, just to make sure, the question was, like, most awkward greeting? Yeah, but also it's quite funny as well. I mean, if you got yeah, two, I mean... No, it's, <laughs> so this was last year. So I guess the lesson here is we are all real normal people with real normal bodies, and what you see posted online is just the highlights. You know, the best pictures, the best days at work, the best weekends where you had tons of fun. Most of us are normal people who wear sweatpants on the couch often. But someone came up to me last year, and this was their greeting. They were like, hi, I follow you online. This is like an exact quote. Your body proportions don't look, long pause, like I thought they would, period. So. What a strange thing to I say. Don't think, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's anything weirder. I don't think there's any weirder greeting. And if that person is in the audience, I am sorry for bringing it up. <laughs> but you're a dick. <laughs> it's forgiven, but it is funny. It, yeah. it, was, it was pretty funny. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm quite tall. And, you know, I, I don't usually take pictures next to rulers. So. <laughs> Uh, I think there was actually like a silver lining there um, for a lot of people. You know, we've had conversations last year about how people can be nervous to come to Capcom. Like, oh my gosh, you know, um, what if everyone is more social than I am? What if everyone is prettier than I am? That type of thing. And when you get to Capcom, the best part is all of us look like a group of average people. Yep. You know, just like your average handful of people. And um, that's actually really refreshing. Mm. So. The strangest introduction I had this week was somebody who said, you sounded younger than I thought you were. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how to help you, man. What's that mean? Uh, but I did have one weird one on day two. I ran into a friend of mine, and uh, I'll, I'll change names, but um, we have a mutual friend, and I was like, have you seen Sarah? I really want to connect with Sarah. And he's like, 
dude, last night you talked to her for 20 minutes <laughs> after a few beers. And I was like, what did we talk about? And he was like, you gave her advice on her diabetes. <laughs> I'm happy to report she's still alive today. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. So last year, um, I have a friend who, whenever we are at the same space, event, con, whatever, inevitably will pet me because I have like a fuzzy, fuzzy, um, like bear jacket that I wear and he'll get into a space at the end of the night and he'll want to pet me and that's wonderful. But last year, someone came up behind me and pet me and I was sure, I was sure it was him and it was not. And I went and I just hugged him from behind and I turned around and it was a person I didn't know who just went, hi. And I was like, ah. <laughs> but it was fine. It was a very, it was like sweet. But it was surprising when you turn around. It's like when you hug, like when you run up to a guy and you like hug the person from behind and you think it's your dad, but it's like a stranger. It's like that feeling. Like, Ugh. yeah, you know that thing we've all done. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Daddy, for my girlfriend. Thank, thank you for your question. How about a hand for that very first question? Thank you for bringing that. All right, who's next? What do you got? We can answer all kinds of things. Come on up, and let's see what we can tackle together. And if you don't mind uh, pronouns and whatever you like to be referred to as. Absolutely. So I'm Plum, uh, Dat Baby Fox on several social media things. Uh, he, him, and my question is, so my wife and I, we're pretty busy people in the normal life. Um, how do you guys keep your age play consistent? Because sometimes we kind of fall into like lulls. And I want to know, kind of, I, I would like to keep it a lot more consistent than what we're doing right now. Um, I actually had someone ask me the exact question yesterday. And the way we have, it's trial and error. It's not going to happen overnight. You're going to have to figure it out. But the way it works for us especially, um, as a child, my, we've all, we know chores are a thing. You know, it's responsibilities. And those are things that, you know, my little does for me. Mario does, he has his, jo his job in the house is to do the dishes. And it doesn't matter who's there. It doesn't matter if the children are home. You know, we do have a full family. It doesn't matter where we are, you know, or whatever. I can make a comment, hey, I think we've got some dishes in the sink. And nobody is the wiser that that's his chore as a little that he has to do in the house. So for us, it was finding something that is a natural everyday thing that has a trigger response because he understands that that's me as mommy saying, you need to do your chore without having to say it that way. So it puts him in the headspace that he needs you know, to, to be able to feel that it's consistent without it being aware and obvious for everyone else in the room. So, I mean, you've got to find a way to mesh your normal everyday vanilla life with, you know, what this side of your life. And the only way to do that is to try to figure out what, what exactly it is in your life, what, what triggers, what trigger words, responses, actions, facial expressions, what is it that brings you in that headspace and brings you into that mode. And when you figure it out, you have to find a way to make it between you. It's a communication thing. It's a, you know, I, when I say this, this is what I mean. And I want you to feel that, that that's me as mommy. And when you do that, it becomes normal all day, every day. Anytime you hear it, you go there. So it becomes more consistent for you in an absolute natural way. So, I mean, you just got to find what works 
what triggers, what gets you there, and then find a way to make it natural for you guys. That's, that's, awesome. the, that, that, that's my advice. Mesh, your, mesh it in a way that you're not making it awkward for anyone else, but it is obvious to the two of you exactly what you meant. Got it. RY has the eyebrow. It's like this, I can't do it, but it's like this eyebrow that you can do even in public whenever I'm being weird, and he's like, <laughs> it's the dad eyebrow. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm curious, Dr. Rhoda, when you, when you have clients of yours who are trying to experience this more regularly, but maybe they have their life, you know, their life is busy, are, do you have any things that they have found or that you have found that they can actually do little space even when it's not possible to go full in? Um, I mean, I would certainly agree with what Mommy was saying, that it's, it's finding those little things that both of you understand. And, and, and whether it's little space or, or sometimes for couples, it's, it's having ways of incorporating um, an active sex life so that, because when you're, when you're in a long-term committed relationship and then you have kids and you have jobs and responsibilities, it's, it's not like in the early stages where sex just comes naturally and spontaneously, and it doesn't. And, and this is no different. I mean, it's this very special thing you get to do, but you have to find ways to plan it, um, make time for it in your life, and have those little things you can say to each other that you guys know what it means, but not necessarily the other people around. Um, because that's very important, and I like that kind of subtle little cues you can say about the dishes, um, you know. And I'll tell people to do that the same thing with their sex lives. Is if, you know, you can have things you can say, like if, like you know, if after great sex you sleep really well, um, you can say even in front of the kids or or your friends, I think I might need my special sleep treatment tonight. You guys know what it means, but nobody around you knows what it means. You know, and so, and especially with things like sex or setting up little time, if you can say something like that, that then gives you that anticipation that you know it's coming, um, that can really help because then your brain starts engaging. And, you know, remember back when you were dating with someone even though you thought of sex as being spontaneous, it wasn't really because you planned dates. And what did you do when you planned dates? Well, you made sure you showered, you know, you shaved certain parts, you made sure you smelled really nice, you dressed up a little bit more, you, you, you looked forward to it, and that mental process of looking forward to it starts the whole process happening. You know, it's not as spontaneous as we usually think it is. Uh, whether it's going into a little space or whether it's having sex, it's not like we generally walk up and be like, so, do you want to right now? Because I do. You know, like, we don't really do that. And that's the problem when you get into being a long-term relationship is people don't even know how to say it to each other. They, they don't have ways to say it because you don't generally go up to your partner and be like, so, do you want to right now? And even if you did, they'd look at you like, I'm in the middle of something, hello. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Thank you for that question, Deb Abby Fox. All right, who's next? Yeah, you can clap for that, absolutely. Yeah, do you want to come on up, and, and then we'll go here, and then we'll go back there. 
Hey everyone, uh, I'm Tommy Boy, 1979 on FetLife. Uh, my, my question is really regarding the, um, this is an amazing experience, great weekend. I mean, I met a lot of you and, and had wonderful conversations and just my first con, you know, amazing. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving today, mm -hmm. right? So now we're at the end and I'm thankful that I get to do this, actually. But uh, what do you do when you leave? Like, I mean, the, the, this has been so heightening and amazing. Yeah. Oh, sorry, get emotional, I'm sorry. You. I'm with you. And, uh, and then now we gotta insert ourselves back into the regular world. So yeah. can, you, can you talk about your experiences or your recommendations because it's here. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. So Condrop is 100% real. I think everybody, maybe I'm wrong, but I think everybody experiences it to some degree. Um, and it can be really hard because the idea of waiting an entire year to have what is, amounts to just such a transformative experience seems like it's way too long. And the things that have worked for us, and actually mostly they have not been my idea, I just kind of have the Condrop and he's got the brains behind how to fix it. And I think whenever he suggested that we have we set up like visits, people who we meet, we set up in a couple, a couple months in advance, like you'll fly to us or we'll fly to you or we'll have a little weekend with them. And it's like a way to stay connected to a very small part. It's like taking a little piece of the meal with you when you leave the restaurant. Like, so you get to have it later. And so we make plans that last us throughout the year. And even when we're feeling like we're running kind of dry, we'll spontaneously make another plan. So it's, if you have people close to you, you don't have to take any time off of work. You can just do it on the weekends, but that's, I can't go an entire year without experiencing at least some of this. And we don't have all the amazing equipment, but being in that company with people who are here, it's, it brings it back for me a little bit. And if I can look forward to it at the end of the con, I don't feel so desperate and so upset. I'll say for myself, um Certainly. Uh, the, I experienced Condrap, my first con um, I went to, which was actually this one last year. Uh, and what I think helped me the most, and in retrospect, it would have helped even more if I had known what to do um, that would have helped me, uh, but going into it was maintain those connections you just made. Reach out to those friends. Schedule, schedule time to see them wherever they are. Cause so, sometimes you'll meet people who are closer to you than others, and, it get, and it's more uh, attainable to actually see them on a regular basis. And uh, sure, this is kind of, if, if you are into like, you know, uh, drug references, this is like a bender uh, that we all get to go on once a year. But you can, you can have um, a few beers now and then uh, with, other, with friends, if you will. And I think that that's part of it. And certainly another thing I find that mattered to me was taking what I learned about uh, how other people are doing it and making this thing work in their lives and say, how can I incorporate those things that really seem to make sense to me into my life and make this something that, especially for many of us, certainly I, many, um, for most of my time in this fetish, uh, suffered with, which is like a binge and purge kind of, I would get into withdrawals and this would be like a big release and then I would be st stuck without for an extended period and trying to manage that and make that something more uh, regular that you can have in your life is, at least for me, crucial. 
And uh, going along, if you're gonna say like, this is a bender, okay, well, like any other substance, like taper off. So don't, like you're gonna, a lot of us are gonna have to go back to work on, you know, Tuesday, whatever. Make a plan with yourself, or if you have any local friends, or even an online friend or your partner, that after you get done with your first full day back at work, you're gonna watch. You should watch Moon on Netflix. It's M-U-N-E. It's really cute. No one's heard of it. It's adorable. But anyways, <laughs> make, set aside, like, make a plan for yourself. Like, you're not going to go cold turkey because, yeah, that first day at work is going to be rough. So make a plan for yourself. Even if you have time, like, before you go to work, set out, like, a bottle or a diaper or whatever, you know, does it for you so that when you get home from work, like, do you have to go back and do your adult things? That's true. But the second you get home from work, you have everything ready for you. Like, don't expect to just, okay, I do this once a year and go all in, and then I go back to adult life and have no fun and do my taxes every day. <laughs> one, one thing I think that we're historically pretty bad at in, in Western culture is reflection. I think we do a good job sort of engaging things, and then we just move on to the next engagement. One, one tool I would offer is make a really intentional choice to reflect. And specifically, a structure that might be helpful that I like to use for reflection is, what, what, are, my, what are my truths, who are my people, and what's next? So chances are pretty good you learned something about yourself, about your community, about your sexuality that you didn't know before. Or you just learned that there is a community and that you're lovable in this community. I can't imagine a better truth. So capture that truth. Like, actually put aside half an hour to write it down. What, is, what are the truths that I can hold on to? Then who are my people? So we all need a tribe. We are each other's tribe here. Who are the specific people that you want to follow up with that give you life that, even if it's just a quick note to say, hey, I had a wonderful time connecting. Could we Skype sometime in the next 12 months? Who are the people that you want to follow up with? And then what's next? So is there, I think they've all talked about it, but is there one thing that you can look forward to that doesn't take 12 more months for the next CapCon? You know, we, we were, for instance, chatting with, with these guys about, hey, could we set, could we set a play date up? It, it might be three months out, but it would give me something to look forward to so that it doesn't feel like this is all or nothing. I was going to say one thing exactly on the same lines. Keep your connections. Holding on to the connections you've made here is going to make you, I mean, it, it's, it's never true, truly over. And the reason for that is because you're holding on to the ones that you've, they're family now, you know? I mean, and we are one great big, kind of dysfunctional, kind of crazy family, <coughs> but we're family, you know? And being able to know that it doesn't have to end because you now have people that know you, accept you completely and entirely. And it, I mean, just like, like you were saying, make sure, set up play dates, set up meetings. Even if it's, hey, you know, we're, we're crazy busy, but we're in the car and we're headed somewhere. Let's have a phone call, you know, and just chat and see what's going on in your life. What's new? Is there, you know, something you found that you, that, that's, you know, been amazing that you want to share, you know, that kind of thing. Keep your connections. Holding on to your connections is the one way that you're going to be able to hold on to the rest of it. Yeah, I was talking to someone last night and he unfortunately had to leave 
early this morning and had to do the same thing last year. And he said one of the things that helped him was that he knew that this podcast was being recorded today. And so last year, it was like a little piece of the con that he knew that when he got home, it was going to be there waiting for him and he could listen to it. And it, it could feel like there was a little piece of the Capcom that was still there that he could be excited about and look forward to. And it, it was the thing that he was planning on when he got home to be like, well, I, I still have that little piece of Capcom left to, you know, to listen to the podcast when it comes out. And I think that's a great thing to do. And I just have two very tiny bits of advice left. I know that we mentioned play dates and things like that. And we also mentioned phone calls. I know that everybody has a different level of introversion and extroversion that you can deal with. And if you're extremely extroverted and you're thinking a play date is not enough for me, there are munches in most cities. And if they're not in your city or a city close by, you could be the person who starts that munch and just, you know, expand your community. Because there's definitely people in your community who are, I mean, everybody, they're out there. Um, and if you are much less extroverted and you, and you need to get your energy from being alone, I have a friend with whom I hardly ever speak, but we do exchange pictures of like bunnies and like small cute stuffed animals that we see and it's mostly just pictures and back and forth of aww, aww. and it's just like a nice because you won't do that with a just your average adult so it's nice because it's like a way to engage your little side in just the tiniest way even from work any little picture so thank you for your question good and I think we have a question right here we just need nine more hours for this podcast <laughs> do this forever. Uh, hello, my name is Sarah. She, her pronouns, uh, Splash Princess on FetLife and Instagram. And my question is, is if any of you have any experience bringing a vanilla partner to either Capcom or another convention or a very large age play environment, where maybe they know and are accepting but have never been around this many people before. And if you have any experience with that and if there's anything that maybe went wrong with that, that in hindsight you could have done better to make that easier for them. Wonderful question. Thank you. Does anybody up here, I, I can think of two friends in the audience right now that I'm about to ask, but um, anybody up here have experience bringing a Nilla partner? Well, Mommy, two, uh, going on two and a half years ago, uh, she had no idea any of this was a thing. She did not see any of the TV shows that mention it. She had no clue. And we met on Bumble, of all things. I, I've, I've gone through several platforms. I've got a big mouth and a big heart, and it's hurt me several times. And, uh, you know, I wanted to build from the ground up. I didn't want to start with what somebody else understood. I wanted to be understood. And uh, the first message I sent to her was, hey, sexy mama. <laughs> and she responded back. And we created a dialogue. And it was, I mean, it's a millennial way to say hi to somebody on these apps, I guess. Um, and, you know, two weeks go by, and we're texting, and we're calling, and then I sit on our couch for four and a half hours, and we go from birth to now, and we have nothing left to talk about. And I tell her, I say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, get married to you, and in five years' time, you find out something about me that I need to tell you right now if you want to go any further, because of this, you're just wasting our times. I brought a backpack up and put an SDK in her hand, and I said, this is what I need. And she accepted it 110% to my absolute astonishment. So fast forward a couple months, and I said, you know, there's this thing called Capcom in Chicago, and it sounds like everything, you know, I've always dreamt of having. Um, and I'd never, I, I would never consider going, because, you know, I'm a very private person, and uh, I, I sometimes need that extra nudge. 
and I told her about it, and she was like, when is it? And I said, well, I don't know. She's like, well, can we get tickets for it? And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> and uh, here we are. I mean, and it's communication, trust, and, um, you know, your dynamic, working on your dynamic, being honest with somebody, um, feeling them out. I mean, she had a natural instinct from the get-go on this, but, I mean, it was a lot of communication to get here, but absolute honesty, and she's here right now with me, and we're, we're on this stage. We just got asked to come up here, and it's like, um, I mean, it, things tend to unfold as they should. So never give up hope. If uh, you, you, you are with somebody who's not completely comfortable with this, they may come to terms. Um, we've had an extensive outpouring in our messages and our comments of people saying, now how do you do this? What? And as time went on, they're like, yeah, you know, I tried what you said and our dynamics increasing and you know, we're taking more chances and we're learning more things about each other. So that's uh, in an extremely long version what I have to say about that. <laughs> Was there anything that, that for you made this more palatable or anything that, yeah, that you two figured out that made this? Because this is a lot. I will be honest. I, we laid down, I was going to say last night, but it definitely wasn't last night. It was about 4.30 a.m. Um, when we laid down last night and we were, you know, I was basically tucking him in and I was like, you know, I thought... I knew. I thought I was in here and I understood. And I said, but the amount of pure, absolute, just joy and happiness. And it's obvious that this is, you know, everything that it should be for everyone. It becomes for me, I mean, I, I thought I had already accepted it. And I did on a level. But, and, and on our level, and you know, me opening our home, you know, uh, to, for other littles who don't have caregivers to come to my place so I can give them that experience. And play, yeah, play dates with friends, but I didn't realize, I really didn't, I didn't have the understanding. But me coming here, it opened not, I mean, it, it, my heart I thought was already open, but it expanded 10 times. I mean, I, I, I'm the Grinch. I mean, I thought I, I, I went from <laughs> thinking I knew and thinking I loved it to falling head over heels by being surrounded by all of you. My goodness, is it worth it? You know, it is wonderful, it's beautiful, and it is everything that someone needs to be opened to this world. What, when I'm working with people, and I, I often get this question about, you know, should I take my partner to one of the cons? Um, and if they're at least basically accepting, I absolutely encourage them to do it. Uh, and I tell them, if they're, if they're fearful about feeling overwhelmed, you know, because it's, you know, three, four days, it's a lot of time, it's, it's full immersion. And that give each other the option to have, you know, because if you walk in and you're overwhelmed, be like, okay, let's go back to the room for a while and just decompress. Or let's have the option to say, oh, let's go over to the mall for a little bit, or let's go to a museum for a couple of hours and then come back. So that you don't feel this pressure that I have to go in 100%, I'm gonna be there for four solid days with no escape. Give yourself the option. Now, now, you might find that you get here and you're like, oh my God, this is fabulous and wonderful. I don't want to leave. I don't want to go to the museum or the mall. I want to stay right here. 
But give yourself the option that, that it's okay to be able to leave or, or maybe that your partner can leave and you stay. Like, either way, it's all right. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Um, we have two friends that we had breakfast with this morning for whom this is true, and I want to give them the opportunity to speak to this if they want to. So if you want to, would you please raise your hand? And if not, we can always move forward. Okay, I'll bring down the mic to you guys. One second, guys. All right, so would you both please tell us a little bit about your um, dynamic and your experience of what it's like to be in a big con like this? So I'm Rachel, and this is my first con as well, uh, my first um, experience outside of my partner. Um, so I would say that we do have a very similar dynamic to Peach and Mario. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I have to say I was absolutely terrified. Um, we just made the decision. I was like, let's do it. Like, just impulsive. Like, hey, Chicago, it's awesome. Like, let's go. Um, and then the few days leading up, like earlier this week, I was like, what have I done? Like, I'm kind of freaking out. Like, and then we were on the plane, and I'm like, there's really no turning back now. But I think just having that open communication, like I was... You know, we were looking at the hotel, and it's like, it's right near a mall. Like, okay, if I get really overwhelmed and just need kind of my space and my time, I'll go shopping, or I'll take an Uber somewhere, or do my thing. And I haven't left the hotel in two days. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, fresh air, sunshine, I don't know what that is now. Um, but yeah, I've really, I've surprised myself with how... You know, it is overwhelming at first. Thursday, I was very just like deer in the headlights and, you know, but after you see it and you see it and it's not, it's not as, you know, you just overthink. We all have a tendency to overthink and have anxiety and create these scenarios in our heads. Like one of my things was I was like, what if someone just comes up to me and calls me mommy? I'm like, I'm not going to be comfortable with that. That never happened, you know? It wasn't, everyone has their boundaries and respect and consent, and it's, it's amazing. Just interacting with everybody is, yeah, there has not been a bad experience, and I'm just absolutely shocked. Like, I went from dipping my toe in the water to just Capcom cannonball jump in, and um, like Peach said, it's like, you just fall so far deeply in love with the experience, everyone's so euphoric and happy and it's just nirvana, like the air is full of like self-acceptance and living your truth and I've never experienced anything like that. It's like you leave into the real world and everyone's just back into like on their phones and like busy, too busy to do anything and just in their own bubble and here it's like in a bubble together. Yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful experience. I just want to applaud. Yeah. Thank you. I, I told you this yesterday when we met, but there, I have many heroes at Capcom. My favorite hero at Capcom is the Nilla partner who goes all in. Just amazing. So. Your answers both gave me good chills. And, and I'll say the ABDL partner who creates enough space and communication so that that person can feel safe. So good job. Um, I wonder, I'm afraid of the, the speaker, would you mind coming up here to chat? So this is another friend that we met last year with his NILA partner, he volunteered to share. 
Yeah, thanks. Uh, similarly, uh, my partner is Vanilla, as you said. Um, we came last year for the first time, and I think, as Dr. Rhoda said, and as you guys shared, you don't have to go all in. Like, it's so much better if you actually take a step back. We stayed at a, ho like a, a secondary backup hotel. Um, and we came here, we like went to sessions, learned about it. Like Dr. Rhoda's session was like really helpful to learn about the headspace and the history of it. And that was super helpful to my partner and she really appreciated it. Um, and being able to go back to the host hotel, the backup hotel and being able to like decompress, talk about what we saw, like everything that we experienced, just like communicate about it. Um, being like, did you like this? Did you like that? And just kind of go easy, take it one foot at a time, baby steps. Um, it was a lot of fun, and now I'm back here. She's not here, unfortunately, but she's like, go all in, like, have a blast, like, stay the full time. You don't have to do it all at once. So, thank you. Thank you. If you're, if you're playing the love and brief drinking game at home, take a sip, because I'm about to say, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, good. All right. Who's next? Who else has a question? Please bring, on, bring it on up. We'll go here, and then we'll go there. Okay. You can all hear me? Okay. This is my first uh, CapCon, although I have been to TeddyCon before. As you can see, it's day four. I'm from Ohio. I haven't met a single person from Ohio, although I'm sure there are plenty of people We're here, including Ohio. in the audience. Ohio. <laughs> Okay, and I was thinking it'd be so much more convenient in future if we could have our state of resident printed on our ID label. And, it, you know, it gives everybody an opportunity to go up to somebody and say, hey, you're from California, just like me. What part of California are you from? Okay, you're from Los Angeles. I'm from uh, San Diego. Wow. And it stirs up conversation. It encourages people to interact. Because right now, everybody here technically is a perfect stranger. And it's difficult to approach people. But if I see anybody who's got an Ohio on their badge, hey, we got something in common. We can talk. I should have recognized you by your Ohio accent <laughs> right off the bat. Okay. Yeah. No, that's a great suggestion. So Capcom organizers who are listening to this, that's a great well, suggestion. Thank I was you. born in England. Yeah. And the answer to your next question is uh, 30 years. Ah, got it. Well, I, I love this idea. And have you all been able to meet people who live near you? How did you do that? What was the trick to meet people who live near you? FetLife. All right. So you look them up on FetLife, and then I think we're listed in Iceland, so. Okay. There you go. My, my other suggestion, and this is, you know, 10 years from now, wouldn't it be nice to have a permanent Capcom, res Capcom resort somewhere? Where, you know, which we could go to on a timeshare basis. You know, you want to get away from the stress of life. You know, come for a week, you know, in the new Capcom Resort in South Carolina or wherever. I mean, you know, this is 10 years away from now. It's just something for people to talk about and think about. That's all. I, I actually okay. have listened to a really, really good audible book about that. It was great. I'm just saying. There was like a hotel for littles that was like always booking. Yeah. Makes for a good book, yeah. Hello, I'm Baby Emo, also known as, oh God, of course, I actually grabbed the microphone. Uh, we have a local little at our munch who is a um, content creator in the age play scene, a public facing content creator. And this is her first con. 
and she is very shy and is having a hell of a time getting blindsided by her fans that are very excited to come up and meet her. And being introverted and shy, she's just having a heck of a time dealing with that and needs some time afterwards to recover, basically. Uh, I know most of you are, are public-facing folks. How do you or did you deal with having to... Uh, uh, and getting the opportunity to meet fans that, that don't necessarily know you in real life. Um, I'll, uh, I have a little bit to say on it. Um, I, I think it's better this year, but especially in former years, I've been really like taken aback by um, just conversation in general. I think I hit my wall really early, um, and that's just how I've always been. But I think what was really helpful for me, it, even this year, is whenever I'd um, hung out enough and I'd talked to enough people, I would either go to the sensory room where it's really quiet or I would um, arrange something like a fun playtime, like we did a fun playtime in our room yesterday. So it was, it was still little time, but it was only two or three people so that you could still stay in that space, but you didn't feel like um, you were having any conversations that weren't like already four or five levels deep because you already knew the people you were with and Sometimes it's, it helps to recover whenever you're feeling a little bit out of that extroverted energy. You're very good. I agree. Um, take a break. I mean, it doesn't have to be full force the entire time. And, I mean, embrace it, but at the same time realize that if that's something that you're not comfortable, you know, with it being bombarded continuously, um, just... just take a break, take a breather, go to your room, watch some TV. Um, like you said, go to the sensory, sensory room where it's quiet. Kind of get away from it without taking yourself out of it. Um, just make sure that you're, if, they, if they're approaching you, you know, I mean, nobody's going to literally stalk you and stay in your face the entire time. You know, just, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, actually, we're getting ready to go have dinner, but maybe we can chat later. Dismiss yourself gracefully so that it's not offensive, but they kind of get the idea that you need a break. You're still there and you're still a part of it. And people are going to understand, you know, sometimes you just need to walk away for a second. And, you know, all of us need time to just kind of be ourselves, too. Don't feel bad for stepping away or what they're going to understand. Yeah, I would also add that if, if you have, if it's, you're in a situation where you, you're feeling bombarded by, you know, if you want fans... Um, then you're in a situation where you have quite a, a voice online. So you, for, for me personally, but leading up to Capcom like a month before, and then I keep it as a highlight on my Instagram account, I make posts about like, Capcom's coming up, here are some boundaries. So like, for me personally, like, um, please don't touch me or my dog without asking. That's like a big, you know, and I think people are getting really good about like asking to hug in general. Like that, those types of things are becoming more just commonplace that everyone does. And that's, so that's good. But definitely like if, if you have a big presence online and you're concerned about that, then use that presence to communicate what your boundaries are. And the good thing is the people who are really going to read those posts are the people who either are your really good friends or like really, really admire you. So then you have people around you who know your boundaries who will help enforce them. So even if I'm not necessarily feeling well or like not, you know, not feeling up to enforcing those boundaries, the people around me know them as well and can help. And sort of you, 
So that makes it a lot easier. I hope that makes some sense. But they can help you enforce those boundaries. Right. So yeah. So if you're if you're you know more introverted, and you know you don't necessarily want to be hugged or like you need a little more physical space, um, like that can be a thing. Or again, have an out with a with a close friend that you're, you know whatever your your signal is. Hey, you have your teddy bear. Oh, let's. We gotta go over here and meet a friend. You know, have an out if if you start to get too overwhelmed that you have a friend who can say, "Oh, we gotta go. It was nice to see you." Something like that, just you know, to make sure you're taking care of your own mental health. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. That's a great question. I'm the worst person in the world to answer that question because I will just talk for to everybody forever. So I'm terrible at that. All right, who wants to go next? Right there, please, and then we'll go right behind. You guys still feeling it? Feeling good? All right. Can you believe we only have like 30 minutes left? This is killing me. I want five more hours. I just want to applaud you for filling the awkward silence as I walked from the back of the room <laughs> and keeping the audience engaged. So very impressive. Um, I am uh, Chris, or uh, the true magician, he, him. Um, I run a, uh, or I'm one of the organizers for a local kink organization. We're not uh, exclusively age play, but we are local to Chicago, and um, one of the things that I always struggle with, especially after doing it for several years, is what other things can I do to help um, people who sort of are breaking out of their comfort zone to come to their first event? Mm -hmm. We do the obvious things like keep an eye out for people who show up to our events who look like they're scared and have the deer in the headlights um, and sort of bring them into conversations and try and uh, get them engaged in some way, but are there uh, experience that, experiences that some of you have had um, that were positive or, or negative, you know, don't, definitely don't do this if you're running an event, um, that made you as uh, possibly standoffish introverted people or just uh, people who had yet to attend your first event, what is uh, something that we as organizers can do to really help you build up the courage to break out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. and make that first step into uh, experiencing this lifestyle. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. That's awesome. Any ways that organizers can make these events more accessible to first-timers? Does anybody else want to go first before I think? Oh, um, so things that have worked for me, um, when I came into this, uh, this community, I was pretty closed off. I was like a turtle and I didn't have my head out of my shell at all. Um, but the things that really helped me, or the thing that really helped me was um, not recognition from a lot of people, but quality time with a few specific people. And it didn't really matter to me who they were, whether they were the organizers or not. I think as an organizer, you're probably very busy and you can appoint people who you trust to sort of shepherd someone in. And people who spent an hour or two hours with me and just really got to know me, made me feel like whenever I came back to anything, I had someone on my side, someone who knew me, someone who was my friend first, and then a, a kink friend second. So I think maybe appointing people who you know and trust who are very out there, who are very friendly, who might be able to speak to the needs of these new people and give them some quality time, that's, that was really helpful for me. I agree. Um, it took us a good, I mean, almost almost two years to build up the courage. But what gave us the courage was the 
even just the, the, the simple humor and like whenever the, with the groups like on FetLife um, opening the door you know by, by making a silly post in there where they, they feel like oh look they're just as down to earth as we are nothing to be scared of they made it so easy because I mean I'll put it to you this way when we walked in the door they said are you here for WordPress my eyes probably got as big as a saucer and I kind of like I, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that shies away. I'll answer immediately. And I'm like, and our friend that had come with us was like, nope. And they were like, you passed. Welcome. And, and it was just, it was something silly and simple that broke the ice. So, I mean, you can do that as an organizer on whatever it forum that you're advertising or communicating to them through. And then as, absolutely when they get there, you know, something to just make it simple. It doesn't have to be scary. I mean, it is for some, but it doesn't have to be. So, I mean, just make it approachable. Make it simple, basic, and fun. And you're going to have a lot of people that are going to feel comfortable enough to come. Keep it simple, stupid. Thank you. <laughs> and I do, I do think this sort of uh, wry tone that you're describing is really helpful because I, I tend to... So when I travel, you know, we'll go somewhere together. We look for other BDSM events that we can go to. Um, but I'm not like core BDSMer, right? Like that's sort of a on the periphery for me. So I look for the events where people don't take themselves so seriously. Like when I see the ones that are like Dungeon of Dune, Domly Doms, right? You're, <laughs> like, that's intimidating for me. But when, when I can get a little bit of a wry sense that, yes, of course we take our sexuality seriously, but we don't take ourselves that seriously. Um, I find that really helpful. Good question. Thank you. No, thank you very much. You bet. <laughs> All right. We're ready for you. Also, while he's walking over, I see some of you guys leaning back. Feel free to lay down and just chill out. We're just talking to each other, so get comfy. Go to sleep, because I'm going to gush about these guys for the next time. <laughs> I mean, I've told them that several times. I, I, I can't thank you enough for the dialogue you bring to this community and the positive. So, uh, so that's where I'm going to go with the theme of my question, um, is that uh, what what in outside of this community has this community helped you grow. For me, I've become a lot, a lot less judgmental. And I thought I was a pretty open-minded guy before, but you come here and your eyes are wide open. So I'll leave that question open a little bit more. Maybe tell me uh, where you've grown, uh, what you've grown out of uh, since you've been involved in the community, because I know several of you have been here many years. And if somebody's really daring, uh, tell me where you're trying to push the envelope now, where you're trying to grow now. I'll sit down and listen. That is such a great question. Thank you. That is really great. Yeah. So how has this community grown you into the outside world? Where have you grown? What have you grown out of? And how are you still trying to grow? Did I get that right? Yep. Awesome. Who wants to jump in? I feel like we should just go down the line on this one. I'm very curious about everyone's answers. If, if you guys are all comfortable with it. If not, just pass the mic. I reached absolute perfection 15 years ago, so I don't need to grow. Uh, but I'll try and remember what it was like. Uh, this community has expanded my worldview so much. I mean, honestly, people always talk about, you know, get to other countries and travel, expand your worldview. That's absolutely true. Being in this community has done the same thing for me. I have so much more understanding of the richness and beauty of not just sexuality, but of humanity. And even just, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Hold on. <sighs> yeah. 
swore I wasn't going to cry this time. Um, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, thank you. Okay, Whew, I can do this. Um, just seeing the beautiful relationships that are not my relationship. They're not my relationship structure. They are not the same gender pairing or tripling as my relationship. They don't have the same rules as my relationship. They don't have the same dynamic as my relationships. To see that be these beautiful human relationships that look nothing like mine expands my worldview and, and is, grows my love. So. That's how what the community has done. Where I'm trying to grow is I am still trying to balance my core kink interest with how can I expand my knowledge of my own sexuality? What can I try that I've never tried? How can I challenge myself to do things that had never occurred to me? Because it's so easy for me to slip back into the thing that just gets me there every time, right? And I, and, I, and I get to live with that all the time, humble brag. Um, so it's so easy for me to just rest into that and where I'm still trying to grow is, okay, yes, that's the easy one, but what's the better one? Can I, can I stretch? Can I push myself? That was really good. Um, so the way that I've grown, or the, the two ways that come to mind first, um, both involve expanding my view of the world and the way it works and what people look like. And I think before this community, and I, I came into it as soon as I could, um, but I just didn't know how wide the world was when it came to people and their identities and how their identities um, influenced their outfits and how their outfits influenced um, their pride in their beauty and, and, and how they saw their relationships. And it occurred to me pretty early on, but in a way that I had never guessed before, that I wasn't going to find two people, not even two people partnered, who had the same identity structure. They just, everybody is so unique and it, it, I really, at first I was intimidated because I thought I would never ever get a hold of it. I would never be able to like properly understand each individual person and then it occurred to me later on that I didn't, I didn't have to. They just introduced themselves to me and I would get to know them as people and I've grown a lot in that way and I'm ashamed to say that I, it never had occurred to me before. Um, and the second way is, and this one I'm very grateful for, um, as well, I, I never met anyone until I got into the kink community who was on the autism spectrum at all. And I don't know how that happened, but I went from not really understanding to feeling a little bit confused to feeling totally grateful for all of my friends who um, are on any part of the autism spectrum, like from left to right, and I just have been really grateful to learn everything I can about them, and I'm grateful for them as people. And a place that I'm trying to grow is I'm still trying to learn how to really ask for what I need without um, my ego tied up in it. I, I still can't, like even here, I'll be like, I need this, but secretly I'm going, I need this, and if you don't give it to me, I'm gonna be pretty upset. <laughs> and it has a lot to do with me and who I am, and you were rejecting me. So I'm still learning how to ask for what I need in a way that doesn't get wrapped up in my ego. So I hope I get there someday.
Um, you know, for me, for me it's, a, it's a little different. Um, I, I first started, I had my first ABDL client almost 10 years, well, almost exactly 10 years ago. And he really opened my eyes to the need for, for what I do to, to be a part of this. And, and initially, it was a small part of my practice. It was a small part of my world. Um, but then when it was time to do my dissertation, I'm like, that's what I have to do it on. Um, because when, when you do the kind of work with a, like a doctoral dissertation, you're, you're focusing on such a narrow little area and you start to become known for it. And my thought process was, what do I want more of to come through my office door? Because uh, initially I, w I was going to do a dissertation on um, low sexual desire in men. And, and I'm standing there in my office one day and I go, do I really want more men with low sexual desire coming in my door? Because uh, most of them sit there when you're asking questions, they're like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's go a little more depth. I don't know. It makes me want to poke my eye out with a fork. Yeah. You know, and, and I thought, what do I want more of coming in the door? And I, I thought, I love it when my ABDL people are on my schedule. I look forward to seeing them. I love working with them. And over the years, it's grown from a few people in my practice to most weeks now, it is anywhere from 20 to 80% of the people I'm seeing. And I've grown it to where it's one of now two specialties that I focus on. And I'm hopefully soon going to be at the point where the only people I'm going to see is either people in the ABDL community or people in open relationships. And if you're not one of those, there are plenty of other people to go see. I'm not your person. And I, I love coming to the conventions. It's the highlight of my year. Um, you know, I, I, I consider myself now an, um, an honorary member of the community. <laughs> you know? um, and, and, and that's because of you guys. Like, you guys have welcomed me to cause me to feel like I'm an honorary member. Um, I understand it. I get it. Um, you know, because I have the empathy. But I, I, I wish diapers could, like, calm my anxiety and help me sleep at night. <laughs> I wish it was that easy. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and I, some of you know I've been talking about, you know, I'm part of the new Age Play Research Institute that we're starting. Um, yes, I'm actually the president. And I, I'm very committed to this. I'm, I'm very committed to it growing so that we're not only doing research, but we want to really have more information out there for people. Uh, we have a plan to uh, have a, a training program for therapists and coaches and other professionals uh, around the country so we have a list of people but we want to make sure they're trained properly I'm very committed to making sure that these people know what they're doing and that they're doing it right uh, because the way therapists are trained sometimes it's counterintuitive to what you really need to do for people um, and I'm committed to making sure that this is done right and is done ethically uh, so that I don't hear the kind of horror stories that I occasionally hear from people. Um, I want that to be a very rare occurrence instead of something I hear often. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really made a huge change to my world. And yeah, I, 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 I love being part of this. I, I can't imagine doing anything else now.
Thank you. So I will uh, second some of the earlier um, statements about uh, in my time here getting a greater uh, and uh, broader appreciation, a greater awareness and a broader appreciation of the varieties of gender, sexual, and relationship identity that exist, not just in our community, but outside of our community in the world. Uh, and that, that has uh, been a growth opportunity I didn't realize that I was, I was needing, and it's been, it's been informative and eye-opening. Uh, and at the same time, as I've, um, since my first uh, Capcom, uh, explore, been exploring polyamory, I would say that my, my growth areas that I'm trying to focus on is being a uh, a better person, obviously, but a, but also a better lover and a more self-aware kingster, and knowing what it is I'm looking what I what I, what it is I am and I need, and and I'm looking for in another person. Um, so probably the the biggest way that I've grown through kink is just literally in terms of friendship, because I was kind of reflecting on this not too long before I left. Pretty much all of my close friends um, right now are kink friends. And most of what we do is not kink. Well, most of what we do is what any other friend does. Hang out, watch movies, have snacks, play board games. Um, that's just the context in which I met them. Um, so I, after I finished my undergrad, moved um, to be with my part, one of my partners and to start grad school. And Making friends in when you are older is really challenging in a new place. Like really, really no one tells you how hard that is because even in college, just, you know, everyone's looking for friends, everyone's drunk all the time, it's so easy, but it's really, it can be challenging, seriously, to make friends, not just acquaintances, but people who you can call over to watch a movie with you if you've had a bad week. And the, like kink was the context in which I met all of those people in my life that I now, like if I needed someone to come over, they, they would be there. All of those friends are kink friends. And it just really opened my eyes to how it's so easy just to form really, really strong connections with someone. Because if you can be open enough to share what's for most of us a really vulnerable part of yourself, then it's like you've already done half the work of having a good friendship is that openness and that honesty and vulnerability. So I think that's the biggest way I've grown in kink in the last couple of years as we've like developed our kink life is I've developed my closest friends. So that's, that's been really cool. The area in which I'm growing, oh man, the saying what I need, keeping my ego out of it, that hit home, that is extremely challenging. There's a, a, you know, in kink we talk a lot about knowing your boundaries and setting them and negotiating before scenes. And that's fine, that's, you know, we're pretty good about that for like a scene, but that's kind of hard to implement in your normal everyday, you know, vanilla life, is how to communicate what you need in a way that's direct and clear and healthy. That is a challenge that I'm still working on. But if we can take the principles that we take for, you know, more complicated play, and apply those to everything, you know, be specific about what you want and how you need it, be open to hearing from others. If we can really apply those to daily life, I think for me, that would increase my quality of life and probably that of those around me as well. Yeah, I agree. That's great. I think uh, one of the main ways I've grown throughout this trek <clears throat> is, uh, I mean, we can all relate to having a 
binge or purge cycle or we're, we're going through something thinking, you know, I'm going to die alone. I, who, who wants to be a part of this? Yeah, I mean, you can get in a really dark, cold area and, I mean, it can be cruel. You can be cruel to yourself. And that's one thing that I learned early on is, you know, self-medicating and keeping a negative attitude is far too common for people that haven't done one very important thing in this lifestyle, and that is accept who you are 110%. And uh, that is one of the main things I think that's uh, helped me get over a lot of the um, fears that I've had. Um, and uh, accepting myself has brought me to a point where, uh, where I'm planning on uh, growing from here is helping others accept themselves. And, uh, I mean, for the longest time, I thought I had it under control, and I thought, you know, okay, yeah, you know, I can admit this to myself, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, you can admit 50%, you can admit 90%, but at the end of the day, I mean, you are who you are. So accept it, and take it in stride, because there's nobody else like you. Um, and there's going to be somebody who has it worse than you. And once you come to that acceptance, you can help them. I've met some incredible people who have done some incredible things. I've, seen, I mean, I've had an unreal outpouring from uh, support systems that I've heard from, people on FET and in the ABDL community that uh, not themselves telling me, but people that have gone to them with problems. And they're like, you know, they saved my life. I wouldn't be here unless I had that buddy system. And uh, I mean, they, going into a positive environment, cutting out the negative in my life and, you know, it may not all be sunshine and rainbows, but I mean, if you got lemons and you got vodka, I mean, make a cocktail at the end of the day, you know, do what you got to do, make a lemonade out of lemons. So that's my take on it. Ways I've changed um, since becoming part of this community. Well, obviously, going from two and a half years ago, I didn't know this was a thing ever. No clue, absolutely oblivious. And then I met this right here. Um, the love of my life, the most amazing person in this entire world, in my view. But what he offered me and what changed my life was being so openly and honest. And um, like he said, when we first met, it was literally the same night. He was sitting on my couch and all of a sudden there's a ABU super dry kids on my coffee table. And I mean, at that moment I was like, cool, but what does it mean? You know, how do, where do we go from here? Where, what's the next step? I mean, I, I obviously I'm going to accept you. You're amazing. You're I think awesome. it's to unfold it. Do what? The next step is unfold it. Yeah, and right. then, yeah. That's exactly. Lay yeah. down on it. I mean, I learned that after a few times, but <laughs> it took a bit. Um, no, it was, for me, it changed me completely. It, it opened my eyes to a world that I never knew was there. Um, a lot of you have explained to me or expressed to me that it's always been who you are. Or you realize later on in life that it was a part of you that you really maybe never recognized, but you came to that conclusion somehow. Um, for me, it was the opposite. I didn't know. I would never have known without him. And him opening my eyes to that gave me the ability to not only be a part of it and love it, it to accept every bit of it and to learn my, my, where I need to work. I'm still learning 
every day. And you know, even just in our personal lives, what I've been able to offer him based on what I've learned from some of you. And you know, that's a continual cycle for me is learning that I, I might think I know and I might know, but I might not know all of it. And until I do, I'm gonna keep growing. I craved this side. I didn't know it. I had no idea. But now that I do, wow, has it made my world 100% better. Mm. And it, it's changed me as a person, it's changed me in, um, as a mom, it's changed me as a nurse, and it's changed me as a partner. And all of those things are unbelievable. And you know, I, I, I hope to continue and be a part of this forever. I think that's a hell of a question to end on, isn't it? That's wonderful. Thank you for that question. The wisdom of this, so these are just the folks that happen to be on the panel. You've even heard from folks who are here that both the questions and the answers, the wisdom in this tribe is amazing. There is so much wisdom and so much love here. So I hope you continue to, to gain that wisdom from each other. We'll do our part with the podcast, but I, I hope that we can continue to learn from each other in this way. Um, a huge thanks to our panel today, to Dr. Rhoda, hedonistic determinist, sleepy little calf, Mario fan, and mommy peach. And um, a huge thanks to you. Thanks for bringing your questions. Thanks for bringing your answers. And most importantly, thanks for supporting Love in Brief. You guys, we do this week after week because you keep telling us it's worth it. And you keep sending us notes that say, hey, you, you, you helped me in some way. The encouragements are so moving. And even when I'm on a plane and I'm tired and I need to get the podcast edited, it's like I just go back to that note and it just lifts me up. So thank you. We're going to keep doing it as long as you want to keep hearing it. Does that sound good? All right. So uh, anything else you want to say? Oh. No, can we yell the ending like we did at the beginning? All right. Okay. Are you guys ready to do the love and brave? Okay. <laughs> I'll do the dun, 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 and you guys just yell love and brave. Okay. All right. Dun, dun, dun. Love Thanks, you guys. <laughs>